Hello, everybody. This is Dennis Lake of Maritime Knifeworks, and if you like buying gasoline in California or half a burrito, you could also put that money towards being a patron for the Work For It podcast. Or not. Keep buying expensive gas. It's up to you. What's happening, everybody? This is uh, Byron Mouse from the Work For It podcast. And uh, this show and all previous shows and all future shows and all abstract shows that may or may not exist in our universe are sponsored by the beautiful people at Patreon.com. If if this is something you want to be a part of, you can go to Patreon.com slash Work For It. And there, for as little as $10.88 a year, you can become a patron and get access to... 52 after shows a year and uh aside from that we're also sponsored by the one and only lawrence lake maritime knife supply it doesn't matter if you're looking for forges kilns tongs knife steel abrasives anything lawrence has got you covered he's got everything and if you buy a 10 pack of belts you get one belt free aside from that we're also sponsored by the most amazing copper, bronze, silver, whatever kind of Damascus you want over at Baker Forge and Tool. Uh, it's absolutely the best stuff that you could possibly get. And if you go to bakerforge.com, you can use code WORKFORIT10 for 10% off your entire order, which is, I mean, if you're buying a $100 bar of steel, that's 10 bucks off. So WFI10 gets you that 10 bucks off. And, uh, with that, I think it's uh, I think it's time to go ahead and start the show, don't you think? Oh, it's actually the hustle and work for it podcast. I tricked you all. I'm actually Noah Bloomberg from Maniac River Forge. (laughs) (laughs) And I am not Dennis Lake of Maritime Knifeworks. Joke's on you guys. That's Ryan Coakley from Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks. And some ridiculous human being decided to give us the keys to the kingdom and let us fill in for the Work For It podcast. If you don't know who we are, We host a little show called Hustle and Grind, and we are the full-time hosts. Uh, We put out a weekly show every Tuesday, and we generally do interviews. Um, This is kind of weird for for me and Ryan to just be kind of sitting by ourselves, but uh, we do interviews. Uh, Ryan and I, um, we're... You know, we're up and coming makers, but honestly, like as far as entertainment value goes and value, we try and bring that through our guests. We're so, as good as it gets, man. We're top tier. <laughs> the world just doesn't uh, know it yet. Uh, we, uh, you know, we, we bring our value to our, 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 our listeners through our guests because we try and bring on some of the best people out there to give you guys good entertainment uh, and value and information. Um, so the fact that somebody gave us a podcast that was like their own podcast for us to just talk on is absolutely insane. So sticking with the WFI mantra or shenanigans, however they operate this thing. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not sure where the buttons are and everything uh, in this podcast. Um, we're just going to go with the way that they would normally do this. And Ryan, how the hell are you, buddy? What's been going on in your workshop this week? I'm really, I'm pretty good. I got to go back to work tomorrow and Friday and then I'm, but uh, I really hope that intro sounded good. Because oh, I hope so too. I, I put a lot of thought into that. Like, you know, we, we put a whole five minutes into it before we started recording. Was it five minutes? Something like that. That's a long time for us. Yeah. But I mean, I, I haven't been able to keep my attention on one thing for five minutes in like the last 10 years. So that is pretty <laughs> impressive. So this week I went to Blade, met all you fine people in person, including Brian House and B. Cone. No Ben Butler, um, but I'm sure he was somewhere eating snacks, you know, whatever Ben does. And when I got back. He works the wood, man. Oh, that's right. And the leather. 
the wood and the leather. Yeah, buddy. Um, when I got back, I spent the first day back, so I slept for like 12 hours straight. But then after I was up and alive again, I spent the first day just cleaning my shop. Like I like I had Ooh. meant to do it before I left, and I didn't. So I get back, and there's fucking cigarette butts and trash and stuff <laughs> all over the floor and like half-completed projects that I just dropped where they were and just went to Blade. And <clears throat> yeah. But I got everything organized up now, and so we're back on track. Ready to get back to working for it now. Mm-hmm. Right on, man. Well, this week, I also went to Blade. I've been working on my piece de resistance, the uh, the blade that I'm most proud of that I've ever made, which is this mosaic feathered pattern that I've been working on for freaking ever. Uh, and it might actually get completed at some point. I actually have like a handle mocked up and everything. We talked on our show about how I first mocked it up. And I didn't like it. So then I had to re-shoulder it, which I thought was going to be a massive pain in the ass for a fully heat-treated blade. But it actually wasn't too bad. I got one of those Bill Banky file guides. And I just kind of re- re-squared it up. And I had to shorten the tang, obviously, because of taking away the shoulders, uh, basically pushing the tang or the, the transition further up towards the, um, the heel. But, uh, yeah, it actually wasn't too bad. Um, getting that cleaned back up, etching it in gator piss. Um, it's going to get, it's got like a hammered steel bolster, which by the way, so if, if you're like me, you really like basic cold colors. So like black and silver, it doesn't really get better than that. So I don't like working with brass all that much because I'm not a huge fan of gold. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I'm going to do this bolster out of stainless steel and it's half inch thick stainless steel. Cause I wanted it to have some weight to it to balance it out. Cause it's a hidden tang handle. And, uh, that was a massive pain in the ass. I can, I can go ahead and tell you that because, um, I don't have a milling machine. So that was all done by hand. And, I mildly regret that decision, but it does look badass. So it's getting that and like a Bago candle um, with, you know, some spacers. I, I like to put uh, uh, synthetics in between metal and wood, whether it's stabilized or not. So I'm going to have some sort of spacer in there. I haven't quite decided exactly what I'm going to do, but it's going to be something. So I, uh, uh, I love the look of brass and metal spacers but I hate working with them because they get so hot so fast. Yeah, I've heard that. I haven't really had that experience because I, I just, I don't work with it all that often. I've done a couple brass things, but like nothing too crazy. Yeah. Like if I'm doing a spacer and a hidden tang, I'll glue my spacer up ahead of time and like rough shape it before the glue up. Yeah. And if you Best use move. brass or yeah, if you use brass or copper, it just like pops right off because it gets hot too quick. But I mm-hmm. have found, so I started doing it. I was using just my regular uh, uh, G Flex epoxy. If you use the Seat Corp metal super glue that Maritime sells, it has a higher temperature tolerance and it will hold better. Really? Yeah, Lawrence that... Carey super glue that's specifically for metal. That's a hot tip right there, buddy. Pun intended. Yeah. But like all super glue, it's basically single use because the bottle becomes useless after you open it. So, yeah, that's why I use that uh, that Harbor Freight stuff, man. You can comes in like the little packets. Yeah, and you just and, like throw it away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's great. It's so cheap. That and most of the time when I'm doing super glue, I'm super gluing something together temporarily so that it can be shaped or or drilled and then I'm popping it back off. So the fact that it's crappy Harbor freight works even better. Yeah. It's good for cuts too. Oh yeah. Closing up a cut in your finger. Yeah. If you get a bad Absolutely. cut, just fill, fill it with super glue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They sell We're that liquid you... band-aid stuff. That's yeah. It's basically super glue. That's all it is. That's what super glue was invented for. It was invented by the military for closing bullet wounds. And they realize that it's not so great for that because you have to remove it. Mm. Um, when you fill a cut with it, you just let the cut heal and it pushes the super glue clog out. You, you definitely don't want to try and pick it out. 
I've made that. I made right, that and, and it's it's not going to do that with the bullet. Like it's not going to push the bullet out. It's going to be stuck in there, and that's bad. Right. So it didn't get used for that, but they were like, "We got a marketable thing here. This is some serious glue." So super glue it is. F and A cotton. F and A. Look at all the info we're passing off on somebody else's podcast. I know this is ridiculous. I mean, who knew that we were going to be talking about the origins of super glue? And I Brian mean, House isn't even a patron of the Hustle and Grind, but I'm pretty sure whoa. that both of, both of us are patrons of the work for it. Just saying. Shot, <clears throat> shots fired. Pa pow, pa pow, pa pow. I'm just kidding, Brian. <laughs> Brian's taller than I thought he would be. You're taller than I thought you would be. Pickle's not as short as everybody out made him out to be. And Jeremy of 419 Forging is way shorter than I thought he is. There wasn't too many surprises for me, honestly, because we t- we were talking about this on our show as well, how, you know, we've seen each other's faces and videos and lives and stuff like that. And so, like, everybody looks pretty much like they look in their photos. But, yeah, the height thing, when you walk up to somebody, it's a little different. Uh, Beacone is slightly taller than I expected him to be. Mm-hmm. Pickle is slightly shorter than I expected him to be. Because I guess I hadn't heard all of the pickle is short thing, or I figured they were BSing, you know? Yeah. Jeremy was shorter than I expected. I, I th- honestly thought Jeremy was probably like my height or right, a little yeah. shorter. Like six feet. You're probably what, six one, six two? No, I'm basically six even. Oh, I just slouch real bad. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, and then uh, Dennis Tyrell was slightly taller than I expected him to be. Yeah, Tyrell's a big guy. Yeah. But yeah, he other really than is. that, everybody was pretty much, yeah, it's kind of what I, everybody looks exactly how I expected you to look, you know, pretty normal human beings. I was really happy because like, I don't you and I grew up in this era where there was like the stranger danger thing, you know, and like when the internet was first being started, you weren't supposed to talk to strangers on the internet, right? <laughs> Right. Yeah, that was that was a no, no. You weren't supposed to go into chat rooms and like talk with weird people and stuff. And then all of a sudden we grow up and we get like integral, like deep, deep into this like community that's on Instagram. And I remember the first time I sent off money for like a, a fundraiser. And this was before I knew anybody. But I was like. Well, this guy seems pretty legit. Like, and it was it was actually uh, it was Rob Rob's Wildwood. He was doing a fundraiser, and uh, it was actually for Grissom Knife and Tool. Um, and the first time I sent off money for like one of these fundraiser things, and I remember it was my wife or my mom was like, "How do you know that's actually going to where it's supposed to go?" And I'm like, "I don't know. There's just something about this community that I just I just trust. I mean, they're all like." nice human beings like it's really weird like as a mechanic you know you come from like a shop (laughs) and then all of a sudden there's these people that are okay i got another okay this is another story all right so you and i we were at blade show and we spent i don't know three four days being surrounded by an intense permeating i'd say a very close-knit bundle of positivity correct mm-hmm. like there That's was absolutely. not not really any negativity like in that group or or people or anything at all right like this was all 100 positive 100 let's go like i came back home feeling refreshed and just bolstered by the amount of positivity we were around And then you went to work. (laughs) I was at work for an hour. I was at work for an hour. And I turned around. There's this there's this individual that I work with, and I'm not gonna name him, but he's a buddy of mine, right? And I spend every single day working in very close proximity to this person because they love talking. So they're constantly in my stall. And I looked at him and I was like, Are you always this negative? (laughs) Because I mean, and this is somebody that I've given shit for years about being constantly negative. Like he is constantly negative, but for some reason, like after getting home from this amazing experience at blade to no small part, which is, you know, due to Brian house and the just intense positivity that he exudes. And I was, I was with, I was near this guy for an hour 
And I basically told him to get away from me because I'm like, how is this guy affecting my mental health? If he's this toxic for like an hour, I can't stand to be around him anymore because like you, I was trying to say something positive about somebody else and he like took it and made it negative. And it's like, I don't think I want to be around you anymore. Yeah. Speaking of Brian house and the positivity he exudes, I'd just like to say something since we're on his show and he's not here to rebut it. Oh, Oh, it, no, no, no. This is a good thing. It was so inspiring to see him and Sarah and Dexter and their family dynamic and just how powerful they are. And like, you can tell that the two of them are a power couple and it's just very inspiring. You know, I have my own family and like, I think a lot of us aspire to be that type of family. And like Dexter is such a good dude. He's such a good young man. And you can tell that he's going places and he's going to be a fucking king one day. And it's so awesome to just see that and to, you know, to experience it. I didn't grow up with a family, like a, a complete family union. So I'm not used to seeing that. And like just to interact with them, the small bit I did at Blade was very inspiring to me, like as a husband and a father and a guy who's trying to provide like it was just it was very awesome. It was amazing. It was like, wow, that does exist out there, you know, and so fucking kudos to them, man. Money aside, business aside, all that shit aside. They are the richest people I know because they have that. And it, it's awesome. And, you know, I respect them all even that much more for it. It's it was awesome. That was super cool. And I remember me and uh, <clears throat> me and Brian House were talking for a little while because um, he was talking about how Dexter was thinking about going into mechanic school and stuff. And so obviously I'm a full time tech. And so I was talking to him a little bit about that and my experience with school and stuff. And then Dexter came over and uh, me and Micah were talking to Dexter for like a half an hour at the dinner table about, you know, where he's going, what he plans on doing, you know, the things that make him tick, like what gets him excited and stuff. And it was awesome. And it was a great, great conversation. And while we're still stroking Brian here for a minute. So Brian always says on this show that he is 100% honest and genuine. Like you don't, there's no two versions of Brian. Like there's no like at work, Brian. And then on the podcast, Brian, like he gave that up a long time ago because he just, it was too much work and he just wanted to be himself and he wanted to come across the way that he actually is. He doesn't care what people think of and everything like that. I want all you people to know that as somebody who just went to play with Brian, that is not the case. I'm joking. That absolutely is the case. <laughs> that is 100%. Okay, so the intense Brian, the fully focused, like the the I'm going to conquer the world Brian that you get on this podcast is the absolute 100% all of the time Brian that I experienced anyways. And like that dude is awesome. So we're done. Unless you have something else to say, I think we can probably, you know, leave that subject alone for a little while here and just let it simmer. Yeah, we'll just we'll stroke the other two guys now. Ben Butler, I accept your apology of ghosting us because you apologized (laughs) a couple episodes ago. I accept your apology. And if you would like to come on, reach out and we'll book a time. It's all good. Shit happens. B. Cone is such a... He's such a gentle soul. You know what I mean? Like you meet the guy and he's just like, like he's fucking Santa Claus, dude. He's just like the nicest guy. We walked around the show together for at least probably an hour, hour and a half the first day, you know? And he's like, oh, I just want to look at this. I want to look at it. It was was like I'd known him my entire life. Oh, for sure. That dude, like we don't want to talk about genuine human beings. Brian Cohn is, is the one like, that dude, I, I he, he like pe- people like him and people like Brigham, like the, for some reason that just came to my mind, like just genuinely happy people that you can tell just like want the best for people. Yeah, and, and Brigham's another one. Like his his relationship with his boy was very nice to see. Like his son oh, is a sure. very well yeah. well mannered, nice young man. Like it was good to meet him. He had a firm handshake. I hate that shit when you shake somebody's hand and it's like a limp noodle. 
Brigham's boy shook my hand. I was like, fuck yeah, it's a fucking man right there. What's up, bud? How's it going, little fella? You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, he did have a good handshake. You're right. And that and I'm one of those people, I will judge the shit out of you based on your handshake. And mm-hmm. I just shook a lot of hands this last weekend. Let me tell you what. Uh, and, and there was some, I'm not going to say there was some soft ones, but there was some eh, less than good, less, less, less good than others. I'll just, when say they that. get, they don't get palm to palm with a grip. They give you their four fingers. That's distressing. I, yeah, I'm like, I'm not makes kissing your ring, dude. Yeah. It makes like, me feel uncomfortable. No. Grip my hand. I'm like, let's, let's do this. Mm-hmm. I'll go in for a second one. If somebody does that to me, I'll be like, no, 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 no. Get back over here. We're going to try that again. You grab their arm and you're like, Ugh, just shake my hand, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want you want to talk about a power move? You want to talk about how to intimidate somebody? Grab their forearm with your left hand and then reshake their hand with their right hand. Like that's that's how to come across. You know what I'm saying, brother? You know whose hand size surprised me if you compare it to the rest of their body? And like I have big hands. I know that sounds <laughs> weird, but like Jason Knight is like a normal size dude. He's an average size guy. His hand, like engulfed my hand i shook his hand i was like jesus christ i know he forges like a million hours a year but i was like i wasn't expecting that i was like holy fuck it was like gripping a brick i don't remember that i remember shaking his hand but i don't remember being overwhelmed by the paw size no you were probably staring into his blues just being like holy shit it's jason knight Oh no, actually, God. I wasn't. It was pretty cool. Like, I, I actually, that, no, I, I might have embarrassed myself with other knife makers, but no, not Jason Knight. <laughs> Jason Knight just kind of showed up and was like, hey, man, what's up? You know, how you doing? Uh, and that was, that was pretty cool. Jay, I mean, Jason's just a genuine dude as well. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to talk to. He's a little out there, which is fun, you know? And I actually, uh, one thing that I actually had a little bit of fun with was, you know, last time we were talking to Jason, he was talking about how he likes to have fun with people at shows and just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, you know, his classic line of like, uh, you're going to slice a hole through time and space and that whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. I actually heard him say that to somebody that came up to his booth, which was kind of funny to hear it like in, in real life after hearing him talk about it. He and, said uh, it in the grinding class too. Oh, that's right. He did. Yeah. So I was, I was helping out Mike at his booth, uh, Mike at MD Edgeworks, shout out, um, shout out to him. Uh, he's a freaking awesome dude. I love the guy. And so I was kind of hanging out with him at his booth. And so he definitely did not ask me to, but I was kind of helping him out at his booth, which he probably wishes that I wasn't there for. Uh, but, uh, people would come up and you know, you know how you can kind of tell, like some people are serious and other people are tire kickers and some people are just makers. And you can tell when you look at a maker that they're just checking out another maker's work and they're probably not going to be buying knives. Right. You can tell by uh, how we hold it, what we look at. Yeah. Like there was a couple tables I walked up to and I was started looking down the blade. You know what I mean? And and like you just, you could just see their face drop. They're like, Oh, he's not buying anything. He's just comparing in his mind, his work to mine. Yep. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's cool, dude. Uh, Shut up, Ben Butler. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so anyway, when people would come up, they'd be like looking at you because he had a bunch of cool different like Damascus and sand my blades and everything. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, that one's made out of steel that was forged directly from the mines of Moria. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, Moria, huh? I was like, absolutely, man. This one right here, see how it's got this sand mine? You think that's a nickel layer right there? No, nah, man, that is that is 100% pure, unabashed Adam and tight that was, that was mined by this guy right here before it was forged out. And that one right there, yep, forged out of pure Beskar, you know? And I just kind of like went on, and Micah just kept like elbowing me. It was freaking great. I loved it. And I'm like, well, I'm – I'm going to have to do my shows like this because I got, you know, markets that I'm going to be doing this year and stuff. It's like if I'm going to be standing there for like eight hours, I'm going to have to have fun with it. Like I'm done with this whole like serious like talking to people and then, you know, oh, you forge these all yourself. And I'll be like, well, yeah, uh, I actually have a forge deep in the mountains where the dwarves and I forged out these blades and uh, they taught me all of their secrets. So I can't really tell you much about it, but. They that call is. me Long Brother. Yeah, because dwarves are short. I can't, I can't grow a beard like them, but I did grow this mustache to to fit in with the the long beards. You know what I mean? 
Did you see I grew a beard overnight in my pictures from Blade? I did. That was amazing. That was really impressive. <laughs> Brian House and I were having a conversation. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't get a picture with you. What a wasted opportunity. And then Brian goes, that's what we were thinking. And instantly my heart dropped. And I'm like, I don't want to be viewed as a fucking loser who wastes opportunity. So I gathered a bunch of pics from you and Brigham. And I sent them off to my brother, Richie. And he photoshopped my face over you guys' faces. So. And it worked brilliantly. It did. It was it was pretty hilarious. I, I made a point not to do anybody that I didn't actually meet in person and would have gotten a picture with. So like uh, somebody sent me a picture. I think it was you with Jay Nielsen, but I didn't see Jay Nielsen. So if I had done it, it would have made me a poser. So I couldn't do that. I appreciate you not being a poser. But I did leave the shirt in for you. So it's yes, my yes, my did. face, yeah, crudely photoshopped over yours, and then it says, "Hi, my name is Noah of the Anyat River Forge." On my shirt, <laughs> greatness. But uh, Richie well, left Brigham's beard in on the face. He did a good job. Nate Walpole said it was a sloppy job, but Nate's like he worked on Halo, so <laughs> his, <laughs> I thought it looked pretty good. I feel, I feel like he's a different level of judge, maybe. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, there was, man, after I left, I realized there was just so many people that I wanted to talk to that I just didn't get a chance to. So I, I'm going to have to spend more time next year focused on on that. Because, um, yeah, it was it was super cool. And there was so many people there. I just and even the people that I did maybe say hi to, I didn't, you know, I didn't get as, as much time to uh, to really chat with them as I would have wanted, you know, so. Mm-hmm. But uh, so this is the work for it podcast. And uh, one thing that this podcast really did well um, was Brian House came up with this genius idea of creating a hashtag for sharing people's work. And uh, it's called WFI Projects. Uh, If you don't know, on Instagram, you can go on there and you can hashtag WFI Projects and get your work shouted out. Obviously, we don't have time to shout out everyone but just the, the you know things that pop up and we try and shout out new makers um i mean it'd be silly if we just shouted out the same people every single week but uh we try and pick out some new makers and i'm totally kidding by the way because brian Cohn was the one who came up with the hashtag i just kind of wanted to imagine like the vein bulging on his neck as i said that because uh, <laughs> it's just kind of a joke between brian and brian about that so yeah brian Cohn came up with the hashtag wfi projects and uh freaking brilliant and i've i i i just added that to my, my I, I copy and paste my hashtags i just have like the same stack of hashtags that i use on pretty much all my stuff uh, i don't even know if hashtags work anymore for actually getting reach on your posts but i definitely uh i always use it so um they do if it's if it's people who follow hashtags. So yeah, that's like, true. And like I do I follow, follow. Go ahead. I follow. I follow hashtag legit as fuck. So I get all these like fake crappy like kung fu the guys who do like energy, like martial arts that are total bullshit. And a lot of people will hashtag that in it. So I see those posts um, on the work for it podcast for WFI projects, you have the best chance of getting shouted out on the show. The closer to Wednesday, you tag it and a still photo, not a reel. The guys don't look through reels. So this is entirely true, which is kind of what I was thinking. Maybe this week I'd change it up and I would just look at reels that were hashtagged at WFI projects. I like I that. Know, it's kind of risky. I don't know. What do you think? You I like dive that. in. You want to yeah. dive into WFI uh, projects here? I would love to. The first one, we're going to shout out Cowboy and Jeanette. And then the second one is going to also be Cowboy and Jeanette. And then I'm going to take <laughs> You're going to take over and you're going to shout out uh, Cowboy and Jeanette again. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm just kidding. She's she's amazing. I'm just joking because she gets shouted out a lot on WFI projects. It, it's funny you say that because the first thing that I just clicked on was her. <laughs> uh, but but no, like seriously, she she does some amazing work, and uh, she was doing like the slotted spoon the other day that looked amazing. Um, 
Let's see here. Uh, Stormlight Forge has a worry stone that is made of explosion pattern Damascus from Drobat's Blacksmith. I apologize if I uh, pronounced that incorrectly, but it was etched in gator piss. And it looks fantastic. Obviously, um, I just spent quite a lot of time with Darren from Stormlight Forge. Uh, Hell of a guy. He's he's the man. I love that dude. Yeah, yeah, he is. It was a kick to hang out with him and all the other guys. I wanted to also shout out um, Spruce Hill Studios. Um, I don't know about, I think on the Work For It podcast, they've shouted him out before. But uh, I'm a big fan of his work. I've got one of his... uh, his 3d printed scribes and i I use that oh my gosh dude like that is has become a staple in my shop i use it on every like every project that i've made since i bought it i've used it on Mm. uh it's just freaking awesome so and he's ergonomically it's it's awesome because it's fat so like you can get your whole hand around it and hold it down Mm -hmm. you know you're not using two fingers sorry i didn't mean to cut you off that's okay ben um (laughs) <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so he's coming up with all kinds of new designs, and he just posted his first attempt at designing a 3D printed toggle clamp. So for those of you that have don't really know exactly what that means, basically, you know those little clamps that you basically, you bolt down to your bench, and it clips down, and it cl- it clamps your workpiece to the table that you're working on, so you can either hand sand it, or if you're doing like any sort of like engraving, you can you can work on it. And uh, it looks like a pretty slick little uh, little deal. So he's always coming up with cool stuff. So uh, I really enjoy watching his work. Um, he actually made a knife recently that had like a very, very cool handle with like different synthetics that were all kind of put together. And, eh, it was cool. So I've got full underscore steam underscore designs. And what he's done is he's built like a saw stand almost for his Revolution 2x72 grinder. So he's sitting in a tractor seat on like a sawhorse type deal with the grinder mounted in front of him. Oh, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be super comfortable. Like I said before, I slouch real bad. And it's even worse when I'm grinding because I stared straight down my platen at the top of the blade. Right. Um, Oh, I almost did cow and Jeanette again. Shout out to cow and Jeanette. <laughs> That's how good her work is. I don't blame him. She's amazing. Um, oh, man. Spruce Hill I've Studios got- again has a 3D printed clamping fixture for knives. So for clamping your handles together. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah. Hey, I um, just saw one of mine. That's funny. Tortuga Blade Works. He's all over. WFI projects. I couldn't pick one project. Today's his birthday, which by the time everyone hears this will be yesterday. So get over there and shout Brian Henningkamp a happy birthday. He's a fucking hell of a guy, and he does amazing work. Um, oh, uh, so many. Dustin Dude, O'Hara yeah. from the Art of Craftsmanship. He just put up a nice double bit axe with a leather sheath. Another solid dude. Mm hmm. He's like, like one of those people. I recognize him and his brother right away. And I was like, oh, shit. It's the art of craftsmanship. He was on our podcast that just came out today. It was a day late. My bad. How dare um, you? Well, for any podcasters out there using Zencaster, there's a six person limit. So when you add a seventh person, doesn't like it so when you go and you do post-production it leaves out one of the audio tracks randomly it's like "Mm, i don't like this guy so the we did ours in three segments including the after show and the first segment it took out neil warren the second segment it took out dustin o'hara and the third segment it took out micah dunn so i had to go in and like add their files individually yeah it was a pain anyways i got it out Go check out the Hustle and Grind podcast. Please. We love you. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of trying to shout out our own podcast. Uh, um, here's a cool one. So this is Hallows Eve Forge. So all one word, Hallows Eve Forge. And 
this guy forged out a knife and it's got like an integral handle and it's the what would be like the butt of the knife is a horse head donkey okay he hashtag donkey hashtag mule skinner as well and it is a clean little piece it is super cool uh hallows e forge on instagram go give him some love he's got 688 followers so somebody that can forge a, a donkey head into the butt of his knife needs to have more than uh 688 followers so go check this guy out oh man he's got some other heck looking stuff too um yeah well worth a follow there he's got some cool content he's got those donkey heads um as like bottle openers uh, looks like maybe he's forged out some tongs. He's got some cool stuff there. So go check him out. Um, he's not on this list, but I'd like to shout out Stephen E. Ramos. Everybody needs to go check him out. I saw his work at Blade next to Micah's table. <clears throat> and he's doing like daggers, four, four bevel hollow ground recurve daggers. And they're all mirror polish. He only uses stone for the handle, does all his own leather work. And his work was perfect, dude. Like could be some of the most perfect blades I saw at the show. So everybody go check him out. Um, okay. I'm really sorry, but I have to do this. I know we already did it, but um, Kawa and Jeanette forged out a little tiny ax as like a bottle opener, but it actually has like a legit axe plate on it. And I mean, it's literally like a finger, like it's, it's tiny, but it is so freaking cool. Uh, I couldn't help myself. I had to, I had to shout her out again. Uh, she's is... awesome. If she wants to reach out, if she ever wants to come on the work or the hustle and grind podcast, I would have her on in a split second. So if you listen to this, ma'am, reach out and we'll have you on. We'll book you for a time. Absolutely. Yeah. She, I mean, most people don't do, they either do metal or wood, not both. So I, I, I have one of her, I bought one of her coffee scoops for my wife. Um, yeah, as a president. That's, that's why I think, uh, Andrea DeLeon is so interesting because she does everything glass, oh, yeah. metal, uh, jewelry, sculpture. Um, she's just a Jill of all trades. Jill. I haven't heard that one before. Jill of all trades. Oh, I scrolled past Jeremy's face. Ira Housewort, uh, another cool dude who I met. Um, is He's got a reel of him forging some tongs. And that is one of the things that I have never been able to like make myself try to do is forge tongs. And I think obviously we all know uh, Ira's a pretty skilled individual, but he is making this look insanely easy. Like he's just just going for it, man. It is so freaking cool to watch. Um, so those of you who aspire to make tongs or think about the skill that goes into making tongs, go, uh, go check out Ira housework because he's got a really cool video of him forging a set of tongs. And I'm going to, I want to watch the rest of it, but I'm just going to go ahead and keep going. Cause we gotta, we gotta keep talking. <laughs> Ira's, uh, he's one of those once in a generation talents. Like he's just, you see his work and like he's doing like artistic blacksmith stuff, but he's doing like hand railings that look like wood that have like leaves on them. Like I know. Oh, I know. Dude, so good. I know an artistic blacksmith locally to me and he's about at that level. And it's like, Jerry, if you would just make a social media presence, dude, you would be huge. But he's an old timer, you know, mm. he's probably he's probably in his 60s. He's like, I don't know nothing about that. So. He's the one who used uh, to do twist, to twist up square stock. He put a wagon wheel on the transfer case of an old pickup truck. And then he put a chuck. Really? Yeah, he made a chuck for where the drive shaft oh. bolts on. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Works mint. Man, I got to change the... Um, I'm just seeing a lot of the same people. I'm going to go to recents. And see if I can get some different. I'm just seeing the same people over and over again. We got to come up with somebody different here. 
um, for the patrons, we're having Jeremy Ballaball of 419 Forging on the after show. So if you guys want to listen to a hobbit talk about forging knives, come on the after show. We got to come up with a good hobbit name for him. I don't know. I was calling him Keebler for like the last half of Blade Show. I don't think he yeah. liked it very much. <laughs> He's like a Pippin. Like, uh, yeah, we could do Pippin. I don't know he's he not quite looks... mischievous enough. No, he's more of a uh, what's the other one? Took Mary, yeah, Mary. He's a brandy Fool. book, fool of a took. Noah and I are both Lord of the Rings nerds, in case you guys didn't notice. Oh, never mind, he's not coming on. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, he's a huge <laughs> pussy. <laughs> I said WFI and he got scared. Our podcast, no big deal. Nobody listens to it, but. <laughs> hey, now, come on. There's like seven at least. No, we're growing since since you and I took over in September. Our our downloads have almost tripled, so we're doing pretty good. Uh, here's some guy that I have actually been following recently is Red Snake Forge. Mm. Uh, he's got some really cool bottle openers that he um tag WFI projects and it looks like he's making them out of um, railroad uh, spikes. And so those look really cool. He's got like a square twist or Rubik's cube, whatever they call it. Um, and he's got a bunch of other cool content as well. He's got some nice knives and he plays guitar. So he posts reel of him playing guitar. So did, Ooh. uh, did you see the movie poster? My brother made for my other podcast, bro down showdown. Yes, yes, I did. Dude, how good is that? That was pretty amazing. <laughs> he did the Karate Kid, but he like superimposed our faces over all the faces. It's pretty good. I always sleep on Richie's uh, computer skills. I forget he went to college for it. Oh, here's one uh, from Bald Man Knife and Tool. Uh, it's a picture of... A bunch of dudes in Florida standing around a grinder and talking about forges. <laughs> Is that at the foundry where the where the work for it boys are right now? Yeah, I'm just I'm just playing, guys. So, yeah, so bald man posted a picture of uh, the goings on down there in Florida right now. So uh, they are building, I guess. Has Brian talked about that on the uh, on his podcast? What they're oh, building the down there? The double. Yeah, I don't know dude. if I'm allowed to talk about it. I mean, he's nah, he's posted content about it. I can talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it anyways. So, yeah. So, Brian's building the Helios, which is a double burner version of his Apollo Forge that he is building for the, uh, the Baker Forge guys. And they've posted some pretty cool content that, of course, I've been following because... I miss those guys already. And uh, it looks freaking incredible, man. It's such a, I mean, the Apollo is such a cool forge to begin with. And then he's got this double burner version of it that he's making for extra long billets, of course, because they make these huge billets of Damascus. And uh, yeah, it, uh, it looks incredible. I keep scrolling and stopping on the Photoshop pictures of me. Because one of, one of them was with Brian House, and I tagged WFI projects in it. <laughs> That's <clears throat> come on, you got to shout somebody else out. Come on, I'm trying. I feel like I've, like I've all, done most of the talking. You have because it's all cow and Jeanette. <laughs> I'm like scrolling. I'm trying to get. <laughs> uh, uh, you put the pressure on me now, Noah. That's not fair. I'm sorry. Oh, I need to buy... a, There's a tattoo on here of Joe Rogan. On somebody's oh my leg. Gosh. <laughs> Dear um, God. Oh, there's some doggies. Whose doggies are those? Reaper Metalworks. May for Makers. It was from the 25th. But he's got two doggies, a white and a brown one. I will always shout out doggies. Always. Abstract Blacksmith showing the progress on his mega press. Did you see that thing? Uh, is that the H frame that he's doing? Yeah. The cylinder yeah. looks like a friggin' 50 pound propane tank. Like it's humongous. That thing is going to, he'll be able to crush anything he wants. 
I think it and does I, look pretty, uh, pretty intense. I, I forget, like, you know, we're all makers, so we forget that we have a lot of us have day jobs. You and I are mechanics. Lando, the abstract blacksmith of Forge Side Chat, everybody, he is a fabricator by trade, correct? A welder? No. Isn't he a professional welder? What's he do? No. He's, oh, uh, he finds he, vehicles. He's in the automotive industry. Yeah, he works for a uh, a major automotive fact manufacturer in Canada, which he's never specified publicly. I don't think which one it is, or at least he's never told me, or I haven't heard him say it. But yeah, I think he does. Um, what does he do? I can't remember. I want to say like testing, but he doesn't do testing. That's silly. No, I think he Anyways. does because he he told me he had to like drift a school bus one day or something. That's a job I want. That sounds way Somewhere. better than my job. Like I think I think the engineers build shit, and he is the guy who's supposed to try and break it. Oh, that'd be such a cool job. That'd be such a cool job. That'd be the best job. A lot of I'm seeing a lot of knuckle dusters. Have you noticed that? Yeah, they're. I mean, do they sell good? Should we start making them? I don't know. Guys, reach out. Let us know if we yeah. should start making knuckle dusters because is there a market for muck knuckle dusters? I don't even know what you're supposed to. I mean, they're they're basically like a single brass knuckle, right? Yeah, yeah. So it gets around the law, and you put it on a keychain, and then when somebody gets out of line, you knuckle dust them with it. I mean, it sounds fun. It does sound fun. Shed time down under. Love that is guy. is posting some food. And he's making me hungry. He's got these ribs that look just phenomenal. And I mean, I know it's not like a craft or a, or a, like a knife or anything, but I mean, I don't know. Cookie's a craft. What am I talking about? We all what am I talking about? Especially when you're talking about smoked meats. I mean, that's, that's some dedication to time there, buddy. Another one for Stormlight Forge. You did a black Damascus keychain pry bar. That looks amazing. Stormlight does. He doesn't do knives. He does like a lot of Makume um, decorative stuff like worry stones. Um, uh, what's he? Uh, the screwdrivers. Mm, yes. He he makes Damascus screwdrivers. I said if he wanted somebody to durability test him, I'd put it through the test. <laughs> uh, it would not last long in my shop. I'm too hard on my tools. No. Snap-on uh, screwdrivers are one of the only snap-on tools that I've bought. I, I realized as I was walking down here to record this podcast that I was wearing a snap-on shirt, and I was, I was like, oh, no, Ryan's going to see my snap-on shirt. Some of their stuff's okay. Their hand tools are great, but the price, man, it's just the price is what kills me. He's like, you're like, oh, how much for that eight-piece socket set? Eight sockets. 300 and something dollars. I'm like, dude, bro. Come on now. You messing with me? And I'm a Milwaukee guy, so I don't like have any desire for the snap on power tools. Um, yeah, of- I, I, I did the snap on power tools for, yeah, we probably should stop on this, but um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't have very good luck with the snap on uh, electric uh, power tools. They just, did not last as long as they should have. And I was constantly having, um, having to get them sent in to be fixed. Reaper Metalworks. Um, I, I don't, I don't think I met this, this dude. I don't know if he was, uh, I don't think he was a blade, but, uh, I've been following this guy and this dude is a, seems like a really solid individual. Um, he's constantly posting things about, uh, you know, uh, mental health awareness and just, just a lot of positivity. Like we were talking about before. Um, and he posts reels of himself, you know, like you can actually see his face and see him talking, um, which is, you know, everybody's always posting pictures of their work. So you don't know what they look like, but, uh, he seems like a genuinely solid dude. And so as part of the, uh, May for makers, he posted this flag, which is one of my favorite things I've ever seen on the internet, which is we do this not because it is easy, because, but because we thought it would be easy. <laughs> and if that isn't me knife making, then I don't know what is. Cause that's, that's true. 
started off easy and then I started trying to like get better and better at it. And then I realized that I actually had to put work into it. And I'm like, oh man, but I was already, I was already hooked, you know? And so now I'm, now I have to work for it. So I found this one from the any out river forge. Oh geez. And Not he, that guy. He, he's putting a Q-tip in a drill press with some wax on it. <laughs> and what is he doing right there in the lanyard tube hole? See, uh, it looks like he's like cleaning out and polishing the lanyard tube hole. It just seems like a weird way to do it, though, with a Q-tip. I mean, that's effective. It looks it's, like it works. Yeah, it's easier than pushing it through with your fingers. I I put all sorts of stuff in my drill press for different purposes. Like if I'm if I have to take down pin stock, I'll just chuck it in the drill press and go up and down on it. Yeah. Well, and and here's the other thing that like I wouldn't ever advise anyone to do, but the drill press, at least me personally, I have my drill press set on the lowest speed cuz I'm cutting through metal, I'm trying to reduce heat. Um so it's not turning very fast. But like, let's say you had like a Dremel tool. In theory, that Q-tip, like if you get like the wooden, the wooden Q-tips with the, they're on the wooden shaft. Um, I feel like that would fit into a Dremel tool and you could potentially get that sucker spinning a little bit fast. If it got off balance, that could be dangerous. But in theory, I feel like you could almost chuck up a Q-tip into a Dremel tool and then you'd have like an instant little polishing thing they could get inside like a quarter inch lanyard tube and do like a really good job of um of cleaning it out it's a good idea i'm not saying it's a good idea because it's kind of dangerous and i wouldn't recommend anyone do that but in theory it could be done that's all i'm saying oh for sure more who led us on this podcast uh brian did um it might not and have been his best idea. I hope that he's okay with the job that we've done. Um, All right. I'm just seeing a lot of the same stuff, so I'm going to do one more. You want to do one more and then call it? Because we're almost nah, you, out of time. You do one more. All I can find is Kawa and Jeanette and Knuckle Dusters at this point. And, I want to uh, shout out Bex Armory LLC because... He did one of my favorite paint jobs on anything. And he did like this super sick uh, sunburst paint job on one of his BA shredders. And I actually got to see this thing in person at Blade. And it was just as cool in person. And it was like an eye catcher. You know, you're walking down. I mean, you're looking at these aisles. There's just stuff everywhere. But you see a bright yellow and orange like hot rod paint job on a grinder. You got to walk over and check it out. And so that was a really good eye catcher at the show. And it just looked sweet. Um, When I, I mean, when I built my grinder, I never painted it. I just left it, you know, cause I was like, all right, I got it. It's time to get to work, you know? But like, man, if I was to paint a grinder, I would want it to be as cool as that one. Cause that was freaking sweet. And I applaud him for a job well done. Nice. It, Brian, uh, it, did, it did look good. It did, it did look, look good. good. I leave my machines bare metal. And I think it's because I I hate painting. Yeah, I kind of do too, which is kind of why I still have an oven that's baby poop brown when it should be black. (laughs) I should probably take care of that one of these days. Every time I walk into my shop, I see that baby poop brown. I'm like, ugh. At Blade, we were talking about my my networking savagery when 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 I'm in person. There was one company I for, or one thing that i wanted to shamelessly plug the podcast to and i forgot and that was heat treat ovens mm. i was See, going to do it to all three because it's hot shots paragon and even heat and uh just hoping like you throw something and it sticks to the wall but i forgot i wanted to go say hi to the guys at paragon and compliment them on their customer service but uh i never found the booth i know they were no. there because I, I i saw, I saw that they were going to be there but yeah, I That's... never came across their booth. So that was another missed opportunity. Yeah, I hate missed opportunities. I saw Even Heat. I saw uh, I didn't Hot even Shot. see Even Heat. 
they were on the back wall. Oh, um, okay. In the big room. Um, I saw Hotshot, and then I don't know the name of the company, but they make the vertical, like, five and a half foot deep kilns. The ones that mm. are Jason Knight branded kilns. Um, and gotcha. it was only it was only three grand. And the top For, of it was. Wow. It was like it had to have been over 50 inches deep. Like the top wow. of it stood up my chin. It was humongous. It was only three grand. Uh, another thing I saw that was super cool was Burking had a 36 inch long surface grinding attachment that they were demonstrating and it pivoted horizontally so you could do bevels with it. Wow. That's fancy. I didn't dare to ask them what it cost, but yeah, that's probably good. There was another cool tool there. Uh, the Ameribrade booth, they unveiled their, their new, I don't even know what you call it. Um, their direct drive multi disc tool. And I got to see that in person and I nerded out a little bit about that. Kevin was describing or no, sorry. Well, Kevin did a little bit, but it was uh, it was mostly Eric that was telling me about how they came apart because it's a quick change mechanism and you can fit everything on there from like a disc grinder to a buffing wheel. They had like a diamond stone. Um, what's the like the cylinder sanding? Um, what's that? Uh, called? Um, spindle Drum? sander. Spindle sander. Uh, that thing was super impressive. And like, he was telling me like how like well-engineered it had to be to get the, um, like the tapered fit with like the threaded collar that holds it on there and like the different parts that they had to manufacture to make this all work. And it was like, wow, it was super cool. So that, that blew me away. I actually, I, he, he went through and and explained it all to me. And then I just kind of stood there as he explained it to a couple more people just because I, I was that geeked out by it it was pretty sweet yeah uh those those guys are awesome and to hang out with them in the pit like they're totally our kind of dudes they're just bros you know just bros i'm not gonna bring up what we were talking about on this show but they're you know the website idea i've got and the fact that they were hilarious people yeah and the fact that they were like that's awesome. I was I was a little like scared at first because I didn't bring it up in front of him. I think you did. And I was like, oh, no, it's like I'm about uh, to lose a sponsor. <laughs> but, you know, you want to well, roll into a dad joke and then we'll head well, over to the after show. That's kind of what I was thinking, man. We're about that time. Are you I, we don't do this sort of thing on our show. Um, but let me just go ahead and ask you if you know what the, what's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? What? One's a three thousand pound animal, and the other's a little lighter. <laughs> That's pretty good. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. B Cohen asked me earlier if I had a trombone. I'm like, uh. no, no, I don't have a trombone. I'm sorry. I would have loved uh-huh. to have, have uh, brought that in, but uh, no. No, I mean, come on. Can you believe that that guy does it like on the cuff, like every single week? He like, it's not a, that's not a trombone, trombone recording. Like he does that every week. I mean, that's, a, that's impressive. Yeah. Who knew that Good somebody from marching band would like make it famous? Yeah. And actually like keep their instrument instead of selling it in college. For illicit materials for beer money beer money all right uh-huh. guys well i've got a dad joke for you real quick oh we're gonna do two yeah i'll do one too all right i got carted at the liquor store and my blockbuster card accidentally fell out the cashier said never mind <laughs> see see that's not a dad joke in like that it's like a corny pun that's just a dad joke in that You'd have to be the age of a dad to even understand it and like, okay. get it. Why don't eggs tell jokes? They'd crack each well, other up. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> that, was <solid. laughs> that was solid because I actually rolled my eyes to that one. That, see, that's <laughs> People think that dad jokes need to be funny. No, the point is to get an eye roll, not a laugh. 
We don't have the outro for the work for it queued up. Actually, Noah was playing that on his cell phone because we couldn't find a downloadable file. We're not on I'm, their board. I'm sure so. they could tell. I'm sure they could tell. <laughs> I'm sure the quality was not great. So we'll play us out with the Hustle and Grind theme song. So everybody, if you listen to this show and you don't listen to our show, come over and listen to our show. It's a knife-ish podcast. We basically Ish. do interviews of upper echelon people in the knife community, but we just shoot the shit with them. And we keep it light. And we do silly segments like Florida Man or this or that. Yeah, so. it's a good time over there. And it's been an honor to talk to you on the Work For It podcast. And we hope that you enjoyed our ridiculousness. Yeah. And if you don't want to buy overpriced gas and you're already a patron of the Work For It podcast, you can head over and be a patron of the Hustle and Grind podcast, too, for the same amount of money, which is half a gallon of gas in California or a burrito. (laughs) (laughs) Or a burrito. Bye. Bye, everybody. Hustle and grind, hustle and grind, hustle and grind. Okay.